0: Good afternoon, good news, and welcome to another episode of a Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm yours, host, Mone, and i co-host as usual, Aiden. I guys? I'm a bit uh, in between of how the game on
1: Thursday went. I don't know if I should be happy or if I should be nervous. I don't know, but we'll discuss and then we'll come with a conclusion of how we both feel after the after the game. But, yeah, how did you think the game went?
0: Uh, well, with regards to the game, four changes from the list of debacle. Chek Quindosi, Gwendozzi, in Mkhitaryan, Iwobi, Torreira, Leno, and uh, dropped to the bench. Um, the start, I must say, was quite shaky because for me, it was almost like they were trying to shake out that cobwebs from the last three games. We, I mean, we were really shell-shocked in those games. Um, with Valencia, of course, flying out of the traps, doing this very high press, you know, almost like trying to keep us in our own off. And I mean, at times, you could see... The pressure was getting to us because at one point I think Rodrigo and Guedes were doing this high press and Angry Maitland now started heading towards his own penalty box and then did a a crife turn. I mean <laughs> I otherwise you would have for that few seconds, I was actually holding my breath. What are you doing? Doing that thing in such a uh, you know vulnerable area. But okay, he managed to get out of it and lay on, you know, for our like our sort of attack. But that said. Again, Valencia were just pouring them in forward. On, in the eighth minute, alarm bells go off as Arsenal now seemingly, seemingly so fast asleep as Parejo then floats over a well rehearsed free kick. Uh, I think Rodrigo pulls off Xhaka or peels off Xhaka, I so ch- so ch- should say, and fires a ball across goal. And then, of course, uh, Geray end up missing from about five or six yards out. I still don't know how he managed to miss that.
1: But I think at that point, like, for me, I, I thought, okay, let's just try to solidify the game. Like, just had to keep it at nil-nil. But it seemed like that all went out the window as well.
0: Yeah, because, look, Arsenal looked to be almost like daydreaming in a, in a, this game, especially semifinals, because the commentator we had was also saying something like, you know, you're playing in the semifinals, so, you know, be on the ball from the get-go. And it's not like we were just still in this sort of stupor, and not really you know the, the movement was not there that the, almost like we were trying audacious passes you know that spring across the field but i mean more often than not it was getting uh intercepted and then i think it was something like 11 minutes uh almost like the, the told us told you so moment where Perejo then floats in a free kick to the far post and gets headed back across goal by rodrigo and then look uh, M- 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 D- at uh rises between not one not two but three Arsenal players with Mustafi, Jaka, and Lakers, all flat-footed, allowing Diaby to not own
1: one note to Valencia. It seems like we've been striving to mark in the box. A lot of our goals we've conceded has been like that. I mean, if we go back to Palace, they also had like a flick on header goal. I mean, Leicester cast the ball in um, free header. So it's like Arsenal have been giving up yeah. easy goals just because of their marking in the box. Clearly, the zonal marking is
0: not working. I mean what what I don't get was if you take the, the the core of say the start of the season and then you go on to parts like about say till February, we were actually one of the few teams that were conceding the fewest goals from corners and set pieces and it seems from about April and now yeah, April and May, we've now was like, Oh, that has now gone out the window. Now we're way more vulnerable. Almost like the arsenal of old
1: yeah, you can see teams are, are targeting that. I mean, every time they they get a set-piece, you, like, you hold your breath, which is quite uh, annoying. But what, what annoys me more is we
0: struggle with set-pieces, but yet we're still giving away free kicks. And I mean, one thing I also wanted to add with that um, goal we conceded. I mean, uh, this is now straight from the heart type of opinion and comment. I was really getting that uh, FA Cup compulsory sweats because... I just thought to myself, if this is how quick they are starting, are we going to be in a situation where we're going to start having to chase like to, you know a two like a two deficit type of thing?
1: And it could it could have been two 0 because shortly after that, that Danny Parejo and Guedes both went close to scoring a second goal, like shortly moments after that, and it just showed that,
0: yes, that they, was, they haven't broken up. That was that moment when Anthony Michael and Niles decided to go into the flat <laughs> mode. <laughs> When he took back, he the ball It was about bunch
1: a night. And of course, he was <laughs> in the theatre. And, the and, and if you look at Una Emre, and if you saw Una Emre at one stage, he was just like telling his team to calm down. Yeah, yeah. He like, got yeah. the touchline, like, which, which I actually like. I think Wenger think would have just sat on his seat. I don't want to compare him to Wenger, but Wenger yeah, would have thrown water bottles. He purples. was there in Sunday's back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Una Emre was like, they come telling the guys, calm down. Calm down. We're still in this. We're still in
0: this. I mean, I mean, to be honest, I, mean, I was probably going to be close to sitting on my hands and so saw the rocking. <laughs> There's some deep problems. But that being said, 80th minute kind of against the runoff play. Because, I mean, look, they were also attacking. I think when that, that, that chance they broke where Arsenal sprung into a sweeping counter attack move where uh, Lacazette, like at least Obama Young with a defense splitting pass. Um, The governor is forward and, you know, checks is running in the box as he was closed down, nothing but the goalkeeper and two uh, defenders. Uh, he then picks out the on onrushing Lakerset to the Kaiser ball home, left footed into an empty net. 1-1 came on.
1: It was a good, like, I know it was an easy finish, but if you watch the replay again, you see how Lakerset actually, you know, kept his head over the ball. And, like, for any of those kids, like, watching soccer, it was a perfect example of, like, putting your head over the ball and following through, making sure you connect with it. Because I've seen many players sky a charge like that or, you know,
0: eating it past the poles. Because i mean, like, uh, one of my friends was also telling me, like, you know, is he left-footed or right-footed? So I said, well, he's left. But you can see his main aim was just to guide this thing accurate. Almost like, we remember back in the day with Anelka, when he used to really want to be sure of that, then he would do that thing where you were mentioning with, you know, head over the ball and releasing really it. He's getting the ball into the net, you know, guiding the ball into the net
1: it was a good goal and I mean, it was a good move, which kind of then set the tone for how the rest of the game
0: was going to go. Yeah, that's true, because I mean, at 24 minutes, Mustafi then makes a solid block from a Rodrigo shot. Uh, but you could also see, as you know, mentioned the, the confidence was just like growing throughout the team. And I mean, I think Xhaka was also, uh, this is not, not just like what I picked up, but I mean, I was listening to to people like Ian Wright and them also talking where they said, for, I think from the 23rd or whatever, uh, a minute in the game, jacqueline started to keep it more simple. And instead of doing that expansive uh, passing, uh, you know, that, that, that spraying the ball across the field, he was getting more accurate with, you know, pin, pin, uh, pinpointing the ball to the place you wanted. And and of course, 21st minute, he then it's a perfect cross to like I said, to headers into the ground, but Neto couldn't really handle this ball and ended up allowing the ball to cross the line. And the ref, you know, gave the call based on that. Uh, goal and
1: technology watch 2-1 Arsenal I think a relief went through me and I threw through the eminent crowd as well because of um, just calming the game down at 2-1 because at 1-0 or 1-1 you're thinking through it are we going to get another goal? Is it going to end 1-1? So I think at that point um, I was happy to make it 2-1 and I was really searching for the third and the fourth
0: that I would hope would come because I mean, in my mindset, I was just thinking, you know, where you're to think of the permutations with, you know, can we take this 2-1 to the Mustaya? And I was just thinking, myself, look, they are just, look, they can also score at any point in the game. And I, uh, I was just sticking to my guns like I was in the previous podcast where I said, we need like a two-goal advantage to take at least to the, the Mustaya Because for me, it would be suicidal to just go, you know, 2-1 up. And then, you know, leave it at that. We don't have the
1: team anymore to, to go with a one goal deficit to any um, like you know, any European tie. So I think that said we need to sort out our, our defense, you know, for moments like you said where you afraid to go away from your home ground of the one goal deficit.
0: Um the second half it starts, you know, as the first half started, we have Valencia working on the front foot and then Socrates, I mean he was you know, to some degree was almost like a bit off form during the, the game actually. I mean I know he's normally a very strong character, but I mean there's certain things he was allowing himself to be sucked into because there was one one ball that got floated over and he I think the ball was towards Rodrigo and Rodrigo just slightly checked back and Socrates Socrates just kept on running. <laughs> and I think it was end up, it ended up with Mustafi, of all people that they had to bail him out with getting a solid block in that diverted the ball away.
1: I think I think in the second half um, Mustafi was one of our better defenders from the back three because at one stage, so, um, I don't even recall um, one of the I can't remember which guy it was of Valencia, but he just ghosted past Goshani, and I think I was in shock just the way Goshani just couldn't catch up to him. Like Goshani had this the the start on him, but next thing I knew, the, the Valencia guy just outgassed into the ball and almost created a goal of
0: opportunity from that uh, I think also with that, with Koscielny, it was almost like a, a slow uh, deterioration physically of him during the course of the, the second half, because I recall in that first half, he made a solid, solid header. It, I mean, you could see Guedes was, you know, lining us up for like a, gl- like a perfect header towards goal, and I think it would have probably tested check. And uh, out of nowhere, Koscielny came out and uh, with a diving header, just got the ball away. But I think there were some moments, also where there, you know, when there was also a certain point in the game where tackles were flying in, and I think that's where he actually got the heavy whack on the leg. And you know, you could also see he started slowing down, and you know, with the tempo of the game, it also wasn't helping the state he was in. So you could see, I would have actually made the substitution a bit earlier because, for me, it, it, it almost like drew Valencia even more onto us, and I think that's where those chances broke. You know, where Czech also had to make a fantastic save with the legs. From uh, the substitute. Oh to yes, Camero. That,
1: that, that was that was very. It was a crucial save. And like on either side of that, I think, um Lacazette should have buried the tie. Actually, I don't know how you saw that. That one It looked like a, a grade one diving into a swimming pool, almost trying to hit that pool. <laughs> and that opportunity we could have. He had all the time in the world to. His corner,
0: but I mean, in his defense, I mean, I was just also looking at that because I (laughs) first I was told I was shocked, but uh, when he got like certain, certain, uh, and second and third, uh, view of the replay, he's actually you can see his lining where his head where the ball probably would have dropped, but when that guy that was in front of him, I think in the I think Garay it was managed to just get a flick on over him, I think that is where he got totally he almost like fooled himself there with that weird body shape.
1: Yeah, it looked quite funny, but I think if that had to go in at that time, I think maybe some some stuffing could have been knocked out of the lens, yeah.
0: I mean, I think also he made one, uh, I think Lukas like, had one chance where it was actually a good save by Neto because it was, uh, you know, he could have now picked his spot, but he ended up going for the near post and ended up smashing the wall against Neto's leg. But I mean, I, I really think that was also the chance that he should have buried or given to Aubameyang or shifted to the far post.
1: I, I think these are the chances that you and I always speak about, that we need to take our chances. I mean, it happened against Napoli, and luckily we got away with it. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen at the Mustaya, but we, we we need to stop being a bit complacent. I think we're sometimes complacent when we in front in games. I think we should have, like, you know, almost like, the foot in the back of their neck by scoring those two goals and then it could have been out of sight and then we could have gone to the Mastaya with our feet up on the
0: car. But I also think, you know, with regards now to the game, uh, Emery also not picked up that we were getting swarmed and that was, I think, the moment also where he took off Ozil to bring on uh, Mkhitaryan and then I think later on he brought also Nacho Monreal on for Koscielny. But I mean, that being said, Arsenal were just knocking on the door more and more and know, was like looking and searching for that third goal. And the more we were searching for it, Val- uh, Valencia seemed to play war withdrawn. You know, just thinking to themselves probably, you know, let's just take the defeat and go home with this 2-1 loss. But they've am also swarming them.
1: I must credit to Emin as well when he brought Torreira on as well for Quendozi. I mean, he made a massive impact Toredo when he came on. He could see he was getting about putting tackles in. and I think that also helped the cause as well.
0: I mean, you know, I'm a big Quindosi fan, but I just felt there were certain points in the game. I mean, I think it was a bit in the second half, and, and you know, partly the first, uh, partly second half, was uh, it, seemed, it seemed like the moment was starting to overwhelm him. Because, you know, we look, we all know the way he plays, you know, he has good direction of what he's doing, but I like he was ending up just running to blind alleys and, and, when you come here again, so like you look, know, let's say a very experienced midfield of, of of valencia and they were just seeing almost like they're guiding him into these alleys and and, and dead ends type of thing so yeah as you said good substitution and you know with arsenal swarming a loss especially now the last five minutes of the game something you had to give and then in the 90th minute it came valencia failed to clear the alliance after a great netto save because there was one hell of a shot by Lacazette that he pulled off. I think it was going top corner and he managed to claw it out. And the ball then broke to Kolasinac. And I was just thinking to myself, for for about 85 minutes, whatever it was like, falling to Kolasinac, he was either overeating or under-eating his crosses. And I mean, this time, he ends up eating one gem of a little dink across to the far post where young then peeled off the last man and ended up volleying in for the winner. Great, great goal, Alba.
1: Yeah, I think you I've given him a lot of slack, but I think that goal, you know, could be of real importance as well because a two one to the Mastaya, I would have had my heart in my throat for the entire ninety minutes and it would have been a flashback to was a 2000, 2001 um Champions League semifinal where or was it semifinal, quarter final, sorry, quarter final where we were um two one up going to the Mastaya and then John Carew ended up dashing our hope so three one. Um, even though like, uh, people still sound unconvincing that Arsenal going 3-1, I remember when we were 3-1 down against the Rennes, they were just saying, oh, it could be a step too far from, uh, for Arsenal, they three one, three one 3-1 down. But now when we 3-1 up, they're also saying again, the pundits and stuff are saying that we could... Uh, 3-1's not enough again. So, you know, it's always this is- not good enough or not good enough.
0: And this is where I also decide... Especially now, when you, when you see the sort of, look, we've had a lot of negative results also. but now the last thing I want to do is now listen to somebody else. is now just adding an extra nail to the coffin type of thing. So at the moment, I'm just trying to clear my head either with, with you know, watching other things or like other leagues or whatever, but just keeping myself away from, you know, stuff like ESPN FC or uh, channels like TalkSport Radio stuff like that. I, you know, just stay clear of stuff like that. Just keep in your mindset, like you know, your team has the target, what they you know, which they want, which is like top four, or via you know, the whether it's league or Europa League. So we know what we want. But I just think when you start put, you know, put your ears out to listen to what this thing is journal says or that journal says, then even you start falling into that, you know, that uh, trap of doubt that-
1: in my opinion, you would rather want to be 3-1 up than 3-1 down, going into a second leg. Regardless of a goal conceded or a goal not conceded, you want to be going with a, a lead to the... to Because the, Valencia now have to score two goals. If
0: we score one, they need to score three. Cause look, the thing is, look, they have also a very... Uh, not always, but I mean, they also have the spark the bus type attitude at times. Because, look, they can play a solid game because then they just plug everybody at the back. Because, I mean, look at that. Uh, they were playing at one point in the second half and they're playing something like five at the back with almost like a sweeper. So, you know, they, they cannot play any sort of defensive mode or, or counter-attack. They're going to have to go out from the from the get-go and I think that is where we can play that almost like switch to a Napoli mode where we, you know, sit and wait for our chances because I'm sure we will have enough speedsters in the team to have a run at them. Because, I mean, it's not like Karai and, and even... Um, uh, Gabriel, are the quickest—I mean, they can because I mean, they, they, with, especially with that g- game with with a goal now of uh, Lacazette, the first one. I was just watching Gabriel when uh, they sent uh, Abamayang through; he could barely hold up, you know, the, the, the pace with Abamayang. Because I mean, he just he was sort of like watching on oh, the gliding pass the defenders or the...
1: But but they could add the protection of the policeman, aka Francis Coughlin. I think he could be back for the second leg.
0: But if we play it clever, you can get him
1: sick. <laughs> <laughs> or, or just get Eden Hazard on the field to um, ghost pass him and knock him off the ball.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think okay, it's gonna be a, a tougher scrap, and I mean, I think somebody like Xhaka will be, you know, up for it against somebody like Cochran. Although I mean, both the temperamental. <laughs> I'm not sure if both will end up. You know, both teams will end up with 11 at
1: the end of the game. Yeah, and Valencia is renowned for, you know, red cards in the games, be it for them or the opposition, so you never know. I just think as well, if Coliseul could actually work on his final product, he could be a real deadly player for us.
0: Yeah, it's something that's frustrating. I mean, there's a lot of them that have that, that, you know, little flaw to their game. Because look at Iwobi, he does enough to get past, like, let's say the first man. The second man and then he comes in the box and then you can see he looks totally confused whether you should pass or shoot or you know pick out somebody but that is where they, they go to, or they like human color the seniors they have that blackout moments uh yeah niles also the other day he, there were numerous uh, that was actually one thing was wanting to mention look he's been quite consistent for the majority of the games he's been playing in but i think this game also he looked i mean he didn't know whether or when he should cross because there were times he was getting nicely down the the right wing but he was just you not want to dawdling too long before getting the crossing and then i mean there were already bodies in the box on the edge of the box and he could pick out neither
1: but but definitely signings need to be made and hopefully you know um our, our opposition or rivals for the top four can maybe slip up this weekend and maybe we can get the job done against Brighton, and then suddenly, you know, we can we can sneak our way into the top four because I do believe that Brighton still have a lot to play for with the relegation still on their
0: mind. I mean, I find it a pretty, I think, the Watford-Chelsea game kicks off at the same time as ours tomorrow because I actually would have liked to have seen the sort of game Watford are going to give Chelsea for that game tomorrow afternoon.
1: I think that Chelsea will be tested, definitely Watford. Won't, I don't think they'll be lying down in any way because even though we discussed that, you know, they could players the FA Cup, but it could be players' chances to show that I can be in that FA Cup final as well. So I think, if you know, Bournemouth, even though the odds are quite high for today's game against uh, Tottenham, I think Tottenham also have to rest players if they um, want to give it all for the... Champions League on Wednesday night. So, it's 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 a, almost like a game of chess now of how you need to manage your team for,
0: for Europe because all of us are in Europe barring Man United. And I mean, you saw that game when we played, when we just scraped that 2-1 win against Bournemouth. They were getting their foot stuck in numerous times into our play. I mean, I think for the majority of that first half, when I, if I can just think now back to that, that game where we beat, when we beat uh, Bournemouth, they were really know raking the studs down the back of the leg or you know after the player lays the ball if they'd still run into the player so i think they will probably try to rough Tottenham them up for that especially the first half
1: well, definitely they will i think tottenham's some of the players minds will also be on wednesday night while they're playing so sometimes they may go half-heartedly into a tackle you might pull out of a 50 50 because you don't want to get the concussion and by the way i know. Um but Tongan I think picked up a head injury easy. Do you know? Have any idea if he could be fit for the game against Bournemouth? That'll I be a massive plus for think, us. I, not think, there. I think
0: it's a, a risk really to play him, you know, for for the Saturday game if we got that knock on what was it on Tuesday? Tuesday, yes. They would but, probably uh, have kept even if it's not a full concussion, sometimes you get that they call it a secondary concussion where you actually can start feeling ill the day after the game. Where you can you either collect and collapse or you feel constantly nauseous and stuff like that. So I just think they wouldn't have probably rushed him into say the Wednesday or Thursday training. So it's also if he plays, you also taking that risk of again almost like of injury if he did not now get a full uh, training session and that also behind his back. So we will probably see it how it happens when the game kicks off in you know what the hour's time.
1: I just worry now as well. What does what do Arsenal do on Sunday? Do they, you know, give it their all, or do they hold back and say, hang on, we have a, a semi-final to look forward to?
0: Yeah, this is where now we, we switch our attention to the Brighton game tomorrow, and my take with the game is I think it should rather be something where will plays maybe tomorrow, because look, it's our own game. It's a game we're probably going to have 70, 80% possession, and i just think compared to the away tie where i would rather have you know it's going to be a tougher affair so you're going to need tougher players also to play that away game. so that is where i was in omit again you know for the the mustaria game so i'd rather have him play now tomorrow probably have you know as many of the players that are not going to be you know in in the reckoning for the uh playing on on next thursday so you know i have maybe if it depends also how the game plan is I mean, it will be played. but I mean I would not try that four four two again after that nightmare that we saw against. so <laughs> I would not try away especially away from going that direction but with regards to brighton uh, we take on the team that's seventeenth in the league um I think they are chasing one win to get safety yeah and um the uh, Brighton's last three games are two draws one win our our games are of course the three losses. <laughs> Um, their goal threat is Glenn Murray. I think he's got about eleven goals this season for them. But I think after that you get a big jump because then I think the next one is like five goals and four goals. Um, their key players are Shane Duffy in defence, and then Bernardo and Proper in midfield because the, three, the two of them are also normally, uh, you know, quite tough in the central in the middle of the park. My um, May- 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 England, England and niles will be suspended for the game so. Probably Mustafi or Lichtenauer to come in at right back, but I don't know. Maybe we'll, you know, put Lichtenauer out on the right to save Mustafi more for the game on, on Wednesday. Oh, sorry, on Thursday.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping hoping next year we'll have a Wednesday, or next season, never Wednesday or Tuesday night game, is yes. All
0: habits, say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. Mustafi at right back seems much more assured yeah. than Mustafi at centre back. So, Maybe I'll take a chance with Mustafi at right back um, tomorrow.
0: Something else I want to add is um, Brighton have lost all 11 of their Premier League away games to the top six this season. The aggregate score of two goals for, 23 against. Make of it what you will. Oh,
1: wow. But you know what happens uh, you know these records are always meant to be broken against Arsenal because I've heard many times this guy't <laughs> has scored in so many years Ben ticket for
0: example He didn't score in a year and you know no but Arsenal's that, always that is sweet as swear as the commentary curse because <laughs> it's like when you watch whether it's cricket or rugby or, or football when you hear when people start popping up these uh, stats out of the blue then normally that type of things pop up in reality.
1: But as an Arsenal fan, I've seen it pop up way too many times, but hoping we put that comedy curse behind us and actually get a comfortable result against against Brighton, and then take the top
0: four battle to the final game of the season. Yeah, but so I just think also now, I mean, I know people are saying, make you know, drastic changes. I just think we need to keep the squad, you know, but for that little bit of, you know, the tweaks that I mean now for, for the Thursday night game, I would actually go in also as strong, because just think of it like this. You want to go with that mind. Look, we already now got that winner. So that mentally now, we are kind of surfing the high wave now. So keep that sort of mentality going. And I mean, who knows? It could uh, The others could slip up now also in the top four race. Because I mean, as you so both of us also said, with well, this season, it would be also nice to you know cover both fronts. Where we know we can still have a chance either way.
1: Yeah, you want to, to go watch it? Um... Even though we want the Europa you know, League a silverweight, but you want to go watching that final, should we get there? With your feet up and being like, okay, worst case scenario, we lose, we're still in the Champions League. Best case scenario, we win and we get the trophy. And I think for confidence for the team as a whole, and Emre, the you know, Open League will be a perfect building block. You know, to let the team know that, okay, we have one silverweight in the pocket. Let's try to move on now. And I mean, we'll be also representing Arsenal with, uh, I mean, uh, England in that Super Cup as well, which could also be good for the team's confidence. I mean, that could, I know I'm going far ahead, but I mean, it can lead to building blocks of Arsenal actually.
0: Yeah. True. Going into the new season. So um, we'll end off the podcast now. Hope you guys have an awesome, awesome weekend. Thank you for all your support. I mean, it's, It looks really on the up now, the way the podcast is growing. We thank you all. Hope you guys have also a positive result with Arsenal tomorrow. Come on, you gunners.
1: Thanks, guys, for the support, and hopefully we can get the three points tomorrow.
0: Bye.